it is, everybody. It's the ding. It's the three o'clock ding. I'll let you know it's time for the show. And it is time for the show. It's heading back to the window with Scott and Scott. I am Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm currently off the screen, but I'm Scott Reichel, senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. Oh, let's see what Reichel looks like. There he is. Hey, Woody. What's up? What's up? What's going on? Chilling. What's going with you? It's uh, good to be here, of course. On a terrific Tuesday, Scott, I'm an old guy. I have to ask you how the weather is. How's the weather up there at Long in Long Island? Uh, it's cold. Is it really? I can say that it's not exactly fall anymore. It's starting to feel like winter to me. Maybe it's just because I'm spoiled with at least hoping for warm weather. But you have to wear a jacket. You can see your breath outside now. It's disgusting. Uh, we've got one more beautiful day. It is currently about 72 degrees here. We're going to, uh, as soon as we get done here, we're going to go mess around and uh, maybe go to the park, have a little dinner outside, probably last time for alfresco dining of the season. And uh, yeah, and then it gets cold tomorrow and that's probably going to be winter. So how'd you end up doing yesterday, bud? I know you uh, I know you and I had a uh, late live play in the UCLA game where... Uh, you, you, I messaged you about it halftime. Yep, you were watching. You were watching the game and had a and had a and had a great stat that looked good for some serious regression in the second half. What was it? What was your stat? What would you, what did you throw me? So Long Beach State. I posted it on Twitter. Long Beach State shot eighty percent from the floor in the first half, and about sixty six point seven percent from three in the first half. They trailed by three at halftime. How is that even possible? Uh, you can shoot that well and trail at the half, but I took UCLA second half minus 13 and a half. At the end of the day, you were looking at a 26 and a half point favorite with an adjusted line of 16 and a half. Right. And you knew that Long Beach State maybe is a decent shooting team. Shooting 80% for a full game is impossible. So, yeah, they regressed. UCLA scored 52 in the second half and ended up covering. It's a beautiful thing. Brandon Kubas is uh, stuck in L.A. traffic. Glad he has something to listen to. He also had the UCLA second half last night. So, uh, uh, good to, good that you got to catch that. Bad that you're stuck in traffic. Scott, L.A. traffic. I think it's the worst in the country. I've been I, I've been in traffic literally everywhere. Atlanta, Chicago, New York. San Francisco. Important question, by the way. Yeah. Does it still count as traffic if the LA cars never move? Oh fuck, dude, it's awful. It's it's, it's not a fun time. I'll tell you that much. I I went what? when I lived out there, dude. I went weeks without being on the highway. You just get in the habit of taking surface streets everywhere, and then sometimes, sometimes probably like Brandon, you you've got to take the uh, you've got to take the highway. You just you have no other option. And it's well, awful. of course, unfortunately, uh, because of the whole kobe incident which resulted in his death that's why he was taking a helicopter everywhere yep. because the traffic is so bad yep absolutely true stm network says stuck in whataburger traffic that must be somebody from kc because we opened a we opened a whataburger scott i know you don't know what that is but it's, it's patrick mahomes I'm assuming it's a burger place it's patrick mahomes favorite place they opened one here uh the line to get a burger was probably between three and four hours long we went by there my wife and i saw it. we estimated like 150 to 200 cars. Can so, you pick me up some fries? I cannot. I can pick you up fries from anywhere in the world, but Whataburger. I'm not doing it. I'm, ta I'm talking to a STM network. Oh. They can pick me up some fries. Yeah. I'm, I know. If I uh, stuck, stuck in the apartment, the elevator is out. What? Are you in the elevator? You can walk down the stairs. Are the stairs broken? We're not stairs. I'm not asking you to walk up the stairs. I'm just what do you think saying. this is? 1970? Who uses stairs anymore? Come on. You just call it a, a walk-up and then call that New York? 
Uh, I guess. I wouldn't know. I don't do much walk That's a nice real estate term for we don't have a fucking elevator. It's a nice brownstone walk-up. Hey, by the way, this is gonna, I'm going to set my own record. Smash the like button, everybody. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't done it already. I'm assuming since most of you are here, you got notifications. You're probably subscribers, so I'm just... Uh, I'm just talking to the wind right now, but yeah, hit the hit the subscribe. Check us out on podcast form. If you're ever stuck in traffic and it's not showtime, you can download it on podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms. So, is it weird that anytime I hear a burger joint and I hear that it's a good one, I immediately think of Samuel Jackson just going, "That is a tasty burger." Kahuna Burger, the big, you know, that's is, a, is that's that a, weird that I think of that. No, not at all. Third floor wife can't walk. All right, buddy. All right, see, that's and that's when a joke goes south. You try to you try to make a lighthearted joke and. And you're just you're now you're a fucking idiot. So my apologies, Bronco Devil. Uh, it's not like I'm walking my fat ass up many stairs either. I'm just saying. Uh, Ooey Pooey, rocking chair. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not a good team. Um, uh, that, Can't score. No. Uh, Denver, Scott. Denver, a real team this year, or they just played shitty competition. I heard they're pioneers. <laughs> they're pioneering. But IUPUI, we mentioned in the game against Evansville that they got killed. Evansville's not any good. And they were favored in that game against Denver. The thread was pretty close. And I said, because I'm pretty sure somebody asked about it, yep. I'm not laying points with IUPUI. No. So I said under because there's no reason to not like the under. They're not a good team. The Jaguars, no match for the Pioneers. Mm-hmm. Yep, fair enough. Hey, let's get to it, man. We got a, we got a lot of show to do today. Got to talk about that Monday night game as well. What a, what a, what a party that was, huh? Um... About 87% of America was pissed off about that result, I think. But we're going to uh, take a look at who else had a bad night. Scott, let's uh, let's find out who got the cops called on them. Snitches get stitches, bitches. Uh, all right, let's. Oh, here's here's one, Scott. This was a this was a beauty. I know you had this one. So, was this your play of the day? No, I had the game after this one for my play. That oh, I perfect. Uh, Suns, minus three and a half against the Timberwolves. They played with their food, Scott. They led by two points with two seconds left. Crowder went to the free throw line. It's exactly, it's exactly the miracle finish you need. Swish goes the first one. Bounce, 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 bounce. Set. Let's call that and get ready to cash that ticket. Fucking front of the rim, back of the rim, round the rim, off the rim. That's your ball game. Suns win by three. Oh, you've been snagged by the hook, my friend. Call the cops. So that I had that parlayed with my play of the day, which was the Washington Wizards minus four and a half. But if you had the Pelicans plus four and a half, you were in good shape because you led by 17 points at halftime. You led by seven after the third quarter, which means all you have to do is avoid being outscored by 12 or more in the fourth. But it's the Pelicans. So, of course, they got outscored by exactly 12. And they lost the game by five. Yep. STM Network points out the Rams, Bills, Ravens, Bucks. Everyone's blowing the sure thing money lines. Yeah, that's a. Yep. It's been a, it's been a decent it's been a decent public place for Vegas because I know I saw the stat. What was it? Three and fourteen ATS in primetime or something like that, Scott. Yeah, something like that. Yep. Which is going to play a factor on Thursday night because you have the Falcons against the Patriots. Yep. It's one of those situations where we can talk about that game later on in the week, but. I'm sure everybody's going to be on New England. And yep. you know that the sports books are going to dare you to take Atlanta. Yep. The numbers will tell you based on how the season has gone, take Atlanta. I can't take you it. You can't do it. I know you hate I that can. Atlanta like, team. I would rather pass than take Atlanta, you know? 
Especially if Cortland, if uh, Cordero Patterson doesn't play because yep. he's now injured. <laughs> STM, that team's awful. S- I, I can't back that team. STM Networks, that's what you get for betting on the Pelicans. I know you would wholeheartedly agree with that. Well, that was going to take me to my story. So I ended up losing that original two pick that I had, but I made a live parlay. I did something that most sports bettors should not do. I doubled down with live line. So I got the Wizards money line after the third quarter at plus 225. And I parlayed that with Suns minus one and a half. So I won that parlay. And then I had draws on the original parlay and Crowder missed the free throw. So I ended up making money yesterday. It just wasn't as much as I would have made. I would have made twice the amount had Crowder made the second free throw. I had a four, I had a four team money line parlay, including uh, Buffalo, which uh, ended up winning that game as a dog. I didn't get that one. The we one talked that, about it. the one that, uh, the one that blew it for me, Scott, you know what it was? It was this, the Rams or Missouri. It was Missouri. I had the I had Mizzou as a sweetener. Just just a little. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that game in a little. Just while. a little fucking sweetener. All right. So uh, last one. Let's take a look at Furman. If you had Furman, or I believe it's Furman, is how's pronounced. Plus five and a half, playing Belmont. Scott. They led by three with seven seconds left in the second half. My God, what could possibly go wrong? Oh, oh shit! They fouled Belmont on a three point shot. Scott, could he miss any of those three three free throws? He could, but it wouldn't be in the segment. Yep, good point. Game went into overtime. Overtime, never the friend to the underdog, even when you have five and a half. At overtime, you think you're probably still good with five in the hook. Well, you were close. They lose by six. Sorry, fur man. Got to call the cops. I see Bronco asking if you can parlay live. Most books allow you to do so. I know if you like to bet online, you cannot, but a lot of books allow you to parlay live. There you go. And I know they you, do a good job of, you know, yeah, smoothly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and there was some good news out there and uh, anybody that anybody that faded America was here, but uh, let's find out who else was sitting in the rocking chair. Well, if you faded America and took the 49ers plus three and a half against the Rams, you never trailed. You led by 14 points after the first quarter. Led by 14 points at halftime and won by 21. Doesn't get much easier than that. But that was that was never in that was never in doubt from that first series when he threw that ridiculous interception and then let him uh, march right down the field. And you went, oh, this may not be good at all. Honorable bad beat, by the way, was the first quarter under because Garopp, because uh, Stafford threw that pick six with like 40 seconds to go. Yeah. Yep. Mm. All right. If you had the Kings minus the four points, that was a nice, easy rock and chair because they took care of business against the Pistons. They came out strong. They led by 19 after the first quarter, 24 at halftime. They took their foot off the gas. It didn't matter in the second half. They still win by 22. You had the Kings minus the four. You had a nice, easy rock and chair. And the last one, if you had the Suns and Timberwolves under 222 and a half, can I interest you in 79 points in the first half? Game landed 195. Oof. Oofta. By the way, Scott, there was a line yesterday of 199 on the total. How did that do? Of course it went under. Of course it went with under. Celt- with the Celtics and the Cavaliers, of course it went under. And- we talked about that game. Maybe it was selective recall. Maybe it wasn't. But the immediate rematch usually goes to the team that lost the first meeting. Yep. And the Celtics covered. Yep. And it so, was... Uh, it- by the way, Brownsbacker wants to know what the spread was on the live bet. I didn't take a spread. I took the money line on the Wizards live when they were down seven after three quarters, and I got that at plus 225. There you go. 
Um, all right. Well, this one hits a little close to home for a couple of reasons, Scott. Let's find out. It's just not a lot of anger, <laughs> but there is some. I'm discipline. sorry for including this, but I kind of had to. You know, I, I was yeah, I was going to put it there too. So I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Okay, so not a lot of people know this, but there is a uh, a school in Kansas City that is a uh, D1 basketball school, the University of Missouri, Kansas City, now just called Kansas City, I guess. They are the Kangaroos. They're not good, Scott. We've talked about them before. They've bounced around from various conference to various conference, and they have never, I think they've one time they have made the conference finals. They have never been to the big dance ever as a D1 school. And Missouri hosted them last night down in Columbia as a kind of a tune-up. like to bring in those smaller schools so they can beat the shit out of them and get their rotations right. I believe right. they were a tournament team last year, correct? That is correct. And uh, Mizzou, 11.5-point favorites because they are uh, yeah, they got some pieces they need to put together, but still should have been a nice, easy win. Uh, this is a UMKC team that was up 11 at halftime and ended up uh, taking a 21-point uh, lead until Mizzou... Cut it late to 14, but the UMKC Kangaroos beat their first uh, Power 5 school or whatever you what, uh, whatever we would call those um, since 2015 when they beat Mississippi State. So congratulations to the Roos, and congratulations to all my fellow Mizzou alumni who now get to s- uh, sit through a... Uh, Another another debacle as far as the coaching situation goes is Quanzo Martin apparently is not the answer. So I guess what you can say is that if you had Missouri on the game, it turned out to be a ruse. Oh, oof. Can I say that? I thought that was pretty smooth. You you can. You you maybe should have checked before, but (laughs) Uh, that's going to be my best pun of the day. It's all going to go downhill from there. Yeah, yeah. Bet the farm has to be the ooey pooey under. Team shoots from the bus. We're definitely going to keep them in mind. Evansville, too. There's a couple of teams you can tell really early on cannot score. And the totals usually take a little while to actually adjust. Yep. Uh, we, ta- we talked about this one um, quite a bit, and it went exactly the way we thought it would. Let's find out why in the hell the odds makers were drunk. And it's not the San Francisco game. Surprise! Scott? So, for this one, we're going to be looking at the Citadel and our favorite team, Presbyterian. But wait a second, this is basketball. And I'm sure some people thought, you know, since Presbyterian football season ended, let's try the over in basketball. Maybe (laughs) it carries over. But unfortunately, that was not the case. The Citadel, I've mentioned in the past, is one of my favorite total teams to bet overs with in the past. This year, no. They don't play as up tempo as they used to. Or last year, the by the way, they were seven and four, yeah. they were seven and fourteen uh, overs versus unders last year as well. The ship the ship has sailed. Absolutely. So if you're blindly taking Citadel over, stop doing it. But anyway, the total in that game between the Citadel and Presbyterian was one fifty and a half. You were well short of that total, but the game went into double overtime. God, oh shit. so you had an extra ten minutes. They don't call it under time to get over. They don't call it under time. And yet after double overtime, the game still landed 144. (laughs) So the game went six and a half points under after double overtime. 
that's a brutal job on the total by the odds makers. Yeah, absolutely true. It's the the, the the Citadel unders are one of my favorite plays right now, just because America still thinks they're an over team. It's well, I think the total went up from like one forty five to one fifty. Yeah, 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 it went up five points. No reason for it, buddy. No reason for it at all. So, um. I guess we got to talk about the game last night, man. Absolutely brutal. How, have to. how could everybody? Uh, they, they never punt. This is beyond Travallo. That's right. The Citadel basketball team, or the uh, Presbyterian basketball team, never has punted, not once. Mm-hmm. Uh, Virginia and Houston. We talked about that one, the one nineteen under, because the Houston they uh, they struggled last time out, or well, their last uh, their home game with uh, Furman Hofstra. Hofstra. Sorry, I get all those East Coast teams. They just kind of lump together for me, Scott. Sorry. I think that line's tricky because, you know, both teams are usually good defensively. Virginia bounced back in their second game against Radford. They look good defensively. I can't get over that first half against Navy. What the hell happened there? I don't know, man. You know, maybe but Navy just had the half of their life, you know. Maybe. It happens. Could be. I mean, that happened with Yeoman Rowe against Auburn on Friday. And right. And then Yeoman Rowe got killed in the second half. Yep. But I'm not taking it over with Virginia and Houston. I'll tell you that much for free. No, can't do can't do that. Um, I, you know, either under or pass. The one thing I would, the one thing I would, I would be trepidatious about is that uh, Houston is a very good home team. Their 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 game against Hofstra notwithstanding, but in the past, they have been since they got their arena all souped up and everything. They've been a very, really, very good home team. Really, ever since Kelvin team. Sampson got there, they've been great at home. Well, that's true, but I mean, they got the. It's not a. It's like a, it's almost a new arena. It's the whole yeah. thing was built out and everything. Uh, Toledo team total over thirty three and a half tonight. Moved from 30 to 30 and a half to 33 and a half this morning, but I still kind of like it. Well, just to correct you, Jacob, uh, Toledo doesn't play against Bowling Green. Right. Bowling Green plays against Miami, Ohio. Yep. Yep. So if you like Toledo against Ohio, their defense isn't very good either. Toledo's a team that both of us despise, but you actually won with them last week against Bowling Green. I did. I took team total over. You have any any thoughts on that one? I think Ohio might be live to actually win that game just because of the fact that I don't like betting favorites in the MAC this year, and the underdogs have done very well. But Toledo's offense looked really good last week, and maybe they figured something out. If I'm picking Ohio to win the game, I like the over, because I really don't see many stops. You? No, I think you're getting I think you're getting a, I think you're getting a pretty good price on that. Yeah, it really just depends on if you believe this Toledo team. Which, which Toledo team is it? Is it the team that lost at home to Colorado State? Or is it the team that we saw last week against, obviously, a not very good Bowling Green defense, but they did put up 49 against Eastern Michigan the week before as well. So mm-hmm. is, is, are, are, are they back, Scott? They, they were able to run the ball and throw the ball last week. The week before that, it was pretty much done via the pass. So, you Well, know. for the record, I am not a big fan of Finn at quarterback. I don't think he's very good. He has gotten better as the season has progressed, but that's been the issue that they've had all year. The running game with Kobeck really hasn't done much. And Finn is really limited as a passer, or he had been in the early portion of the year. He's gotten better. I don't know if he's gotten better or the MAC defense are so bad that they make everybody look like Joe Montana. But still, I got to go with the over, I guess, because I think it'll be a close game. I do think Ohio's got a shot, though. You? I saw somebody had team total uh, 23 and a half Ohio. I like that a lot. This is this yeah. is this is a team that seems low. They've hit that number every time in, in their MAC competition. This Toledo They're also at home, so you get the crowd element to it. Correct. Yeah. Toledo defense really, uh, I'd say middle of the road. They're not horrible, but they're certainly a team that's uh, that's capable of giving up some uh, giving up some yards. 
uh, especially via the pass. So yeah, I like I like team total over there for uh, for Ohio um, as well. Yeah, this is still still it's just, it's like Frank Solich was still there. They're still a run first team, but they they do have the capability of throwing a little bit. So Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan, thirty three and a half first half. I'm very torn on that game. There has been movement towards the under a pretty decent amount. There has been a line move on that, but Western Michigan gave up forty last week to Akron. They won the game. Eastern Michigan's been up, been playing pretty well offensively. Both defenses aren't very good. The issue that I have when it comes to taking overs with, with Western Michigan is the pace because it's non-existent. They will try to drain clock, run the ball, and eat it, and you know, eat it, and then try to eventually score after taking five, six minutes off the clock. But do I really want to take an under between? Like, no, like the defenses are awful, you know? Yeah, and I think I think this Eastern Michigan team has uh, is has figured it out they they are a team that likes to throw the ball scott and they're they're, they're going, playing on the gray field how are they supposed to lose it's, it's 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 if anybody ever wants to know what black and white tv used to look like yeah that's it that's the eastern michigan field yep yeah. i don't i don't hate i don't hate that uh, 33 and a half you know you're uh, well do you think it's going to be a high scoring game or a low scoring game? I think it's gonna, based on the line movement you have seen a fair share of money coming in on the under as far as I don't see anything that makes me like the under at all. I checked. I agree. I checked the weather in. Uh, uh, it's fine. And it's fine. It's gonna. It's gonna be clear. It's gonna be clear and cold. Not much wind. Yeah, it's uh, Michigan, forties, fifties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what. I, but uh, there's yeah. there's no elemental reason. There's no reason. You know that, that should lead to the under here. So. Yeah, and as for the Eastern Michigan team total, I kind of have to like the over, just because of the fact that, I'll repeat it again. Western Michigan gave up forty last week to Akron. Yeah. I got to be tempted to take an over 29 and a half for a home team. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely true. And you know, they've given up, they gave up 42 the week before that to, to uh, central Michigan. They gave up 34 the week before that to Toledo. So uh, Western Michigan um, and they're as, as far as a team that's overvalued, as far as the markets go, they have been extremely overvalued lately. Um, yeah. I mean, people over uh, rate them because they beat Pittsburgh earlier in the year. Correct. They gave up what felt like 90 points. Yeah, they 40, scored 91 44, points 41, I think, yeah, was the one. final on that one. But defensively, they're a mess. So I, def- I, definitely, think there- I definitely think there's value on Eastern Michigan um, straight up. I think it win the game. Straight up tonight. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <sighs> what's up with the Rams, Scott? What's, what's, is, what's up with Matt Stafford? Well, you, we talked about this before the game. And I mentioned, I was kind of half joking, but I had to bring it up. Stafford primetime or primetime Stafford where. Right. Stafford. Matt Matt Cousins. Matt Cousins. Matt Dalton. You can kind of come up with any name you want. Totally agree, Bronco, by the way. It is an uglier field than Boise State. Go ahead, Scott. I agree with that, too. I still think Eastern Washington's red field takes the cake as the best field. Hurts Hurts my eyes. It's definitely a view and a half. But anyway, Stafford in his career has been awful against teams above 500. Now, the 49ers are not one of those teams, but the point is is that against good competition, Stafford has been known to come up relatively short in his career. Now, you can either blame that on him or blame it on the Lions for essentially ruining his entire career or wasting it. But Stafford has had back-to-back games against the Titans and a projected division winner in San Francisco where he had a chance to really showcase why the Rams traded for him and he didn't do anything so i guess my question for you is is stafford a a guy who can actually lead this team to a championship b is he overrated or not or c 
Did the Niners just own them because Shanahan's done really well against McVay in the past? I'm going to go with a, a little bit from column B and a little bit from column C. You know, when we did our NFL preview show, I was not completely sold on Stafford being the answer in, in, in Los Angeles. I didn't know. Well, you know, obviously an upgrade from Goff. I didn't think he was the head and shoulders upgrade that everybody else did. I don't know if it's if I can take a victory lap on that yet after one bad game. He had been very good up until that point. So, but he certainly looked terrible last night. Just absolutely dreadful, Scott. There's very little good you can say about his performance, especially early. I'm trying to figure out what exactly the pros are for Stafford's game when it comes to viewing him as a potentially, I'd say a potentially elite quarterback because his name was in the MVP race for about five weeks yeah. or so. Yeah, absolutely. He's got a great arm strength. He's got one of the best arms of all time. I still think Mahomes is better. Like he's got he's good he, names in there. He's got good stuff. Yeah, he's got good stuff. His arm, he's got a cannon. The issue is his footwork on numerous occasions is awful because he relies so much on the arm strength, and his read progressions are terrible. Is that a fair yeah. way to sum up his entire career? Yeah, and I, and I, and I, I'm not sure they're and I'm not sure they're terrible, or if he's just used to having no time at all to throw. But if you actually want to see why Stafford is so wild with some of those throws, check the footwork in the pocket. Yeah. Because you see sometimes I'll throw a sidearm pass. I'll try to launch one. The platform he throws for now, some people can get away with it. Rodgers, for example, is an all-time bad platform guy where he can just make any throw he wants. Mahomes is another guy. But Stafford's mechanics on some of these throws are so rushed that he has no accuracy on some deep passes whatsoever. Yep. Agreed. Scott, any thoughts on Georgia State catching seven from Richmond? Georgia State uh, off to a hell of a start, but hasn't really played anybody yet. They did they did beat Northeastern by 19 as a six-and-a-half-point uh, chalk. Georgia and, State's always a threat. Uh, Georgia State's always a threat to be an underrated team. Northeastern's a team that usually is a little bit of a sneaky team that always seems to do well in its conference tournament. Mm -hmm. So I do respect uh, Northeastern, and I do think that winning that game by 19 is pretty good. One issue that I do have with Georgia State potentially is the fact that it is going to be the first road game of the year. And, of course, when you travel on the road for the first time, it could be a little bit dicey. But Richmond, they're laying seven. I mean, they beat NC Central by ten, which, I mean, technically that's covering seven. But, I mean, we'll agree Georgia State's well, they were, years ahead. They were, 26, they were 26 point chalk. So That's what I'm saying. So that's yeah. not exactly a good performance. No, that's not a good performance. And they lost to Utah State. I know Utah State's good. Kate is not there anymore. The team's not nearly as good as it was last year. So they, and they were they were six, but then they were six and a half point favorite in that game as well. So that seems like too many points. Yeah, I think you can make an argument maybe for the money line for Georgia State if you think they don't struggle on the highway for the first time this season. That spread does seem extremely high. They've missed the cover by seventeen and a half points and sixteen points. So the defense has been the issue for. Uh, yeah, has been the issue yeah. just because of the fact that. It really seems like Utah State got whatever it wanted, allowing 85 points to a Utah State team that was really known for its defense last year. I would say it wasn't really known for being an offensively elite team. Yep. That means they got some serious underlying issues. Yeah, and remember, uh, Georgia State gets up and down the court. Yeah, they they've, run. They've averaged 96 shots per game, and that is a ton right there. So they don't... They they shoot well. They don't shoot like fantastic. They shoot forty nine percent from from two and thirty seven and a half percent from downtown. So, you know, while they're good numbers, they're not outstanding numbers that would indicate those scores. It's because of the pace and the number of shots they take. I think that what's going to decide the game is going to be, of course, Richmond's three point shooting because they are a very solid three point shooting team. Whenever yep. they can actually make their shots, 
But they also got to do a good job of maintaining Golden, who is by far the best big man uh, for Richmond. It's not even close. But I do think if they can limit Golden a little bit while also keeping an eye on Gilliard and uh, Sherrod, I do think they'll look good. Richmond's favored by this much because they brought a lot of guys back from last year's team that was projected to be a potential 8-10 sleeper team. They ended up getting injured at the end of the year. They fell apart. So people still, I guess, like this Richmond team because of their expectations the year prior and the guys that got back. Expectations are fine if you can potentially live up to it. They haven't lived up to it in about over, in about a year or so. No. So I'll take the points. With you. Bien Trabajo says uh, he was seeing ghosts last night. I mentioned he was talking about Stafford. Yeah. I was, mm-hmm. see, I was seeing ghosts too. I was seeing the ghost of Sam Darnold. <laughs> he had two interceptions. It looked like it could have been five. You had the... Um, the butt one-handed interception, which got called back on the pass interference. Yeah, Stafford made a bunch of brutal throws the entire night. Yeah, um, yeah. I just I I got nothing good to say about that. Um, NBA Scott got a short card tonight. Got I Jeff- know Browns backers asking about Spurs Clippers. The truth is, I I've been trying to give out basketball plays. I ended up doing a college football play for my play of the day, so check that one out. But I really didn't like much when it came to the NBA, or really college. There were a couple of college plays I thought about. I thought about laying the huge number with Kentucky. It was 24 and a half. I decided not to do that, but they should kill Mount St. Mary's. I mean, they're going to out-rebound them by 20. It's going to be a destruction on the boards. But when it comes to the actual NBA, you have any thoughts on the... I'll, I'll start off with the Clippers and Spurs game because Brownsbacker mentioned it. The Clippers have been a team that was really coasting on its defense early in the year. It seems like that really hasn't been the case lately. The Clippers' defense seems to have regressed a little bit, and I am curious that's going to continue. But San Antonio's offense has really been okay. It it hasn't been that great. Now, you're not surprised when you look at the overall roster. But for this actual matchup, 220 seems a little bit high to me. For a total, yeah, this I is like a, the under. This is a this is a Clippers team that has given up over a hundred, given up a hundred and ten or more just once in the month of November. So, um, I'm 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 kind of sold. However, they have been getting it done on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, uh, their last their last performance against Chicago, notwithstanding. To me, I, I don't know how much confidence I have in this Spurs team on the road. They look kind of lifeless against the Lakers. And... I'd look for a live line on the Clippers. I said before, the, the Clippers are a really, really slow starting team and a really good second half team. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, if, I, if I'm if i going to touch San Antonio, it would definitely be first half. But for me, as far as the full game goes, if I'm if I'm laying, I'm playing. I also, uh, I don't hate the under. Uh, dis- Just looking at the overall NBA, the I know trends. some teams, some, yeah, some teams have made adjustments. The games are still, for the most part, more low scoring than usual. 220 with a Spurs team that really doesn't have many guys who can really contribute offensively. They got some. I think Keldon Johnson's underrated. DeJounte Murray's clearly the best player on the team. But I do think the Clippers defensively are still a top five, top ten unit in terms of efficiency. I think the Spurs will struggle to get more than 105 in this game. I like the under. STM Network talks about the uh, the Islanders might be tired from the road, but the Pan- said Panthers have looked like a different team since they fired your co- their coach. You agree with that? Uh, yeah, well, Quenville ended up stepping down because of the Black Haw- uh, the Blackhawks scandal, and they have definitely struggled since. The Islanders have been a team that, shocker, cannot score because that's been their issue for several years. I'd look at the under. I know that uh, Scott was talking before the show that he's heard about some correlated parlays involving the Islanders and the under. 
with the Panthers and the over. I can't take an over with the Islanders. I, I just can't. This team can't score. And the power play has been an issue for years. As an Islanders fan, it, it pisses me off every year. Their power play got worse somehow. I don't know how that's even possible. But defensively with Sorokin and Net, you can usually expect them to give up, I'd say, three goals max usually. The Panthers, I do think, will do enough to limit the Islanders offensively. The Islanders played them once this season. Didn't really do much in that game offensively. I like the under. I think you'll see a low-scoring, hideous game of hockey. Now I know you, I know you're a soccer guy, Scott. Um, Jennifer, I'm gonna I'm gonna try it one time. I'll, I'll try. I'll just say lose. Um, Jennifer wants to know about the uh, U.S. men's team tonight against Jamaica. I'm on. For uh, me, I got to go with the USA. You're looking at a situation where this team, for the first time in a while, actually looks really good, and they got a lot of young talent. Uh, Pulisic came back. Of course, he scored. He was battling some injuries over at Chelsea. George Weah's son looks unbelievable. I mean, he looks really, really good on the wing. The defenders look good. They got Stefan from uh, Man City as the goalie. That's just a really good overall team. I think the U.S. soccer team is actually good. And Jamaica is a team that has some speed on the wings, as they always have. But they're not an overall great team or even good team internationally. The question is, does the U.S. have a letdown after beating Mexico 2 to nothing? You think because there's... It seemed- Wait, what? Do you think there's value there at minus 123? I think there is. I just think they're the better team. But if you're worried about a letdown spot, potentially on the highway, but the U.S., for the most part, in my opinion, by beating Mexico straight up, no tie, whatever, they basically clinched a spot in the World Cup. There's right. a long way to go, but it seems like it's almost impossible for them, unless there's a massive choke job, for them to miss the World Cup. They should beat Jamaica. I know it's on the road, but talent-wise, they're significantly better. And with the amount of talent they have with Wea, with Pulisic, offensively, they got enough guys. And they also got, uh, I'm trying to remember, I believe it's McKenzie. Uh, Weston McKenzie, I, I believe is his name. He's still very, very good as well. They got a lot of guys. They're a very good team. They should win. I don't mind if you want to go with maybe a clean sheet if you think Jamaica's not going to score. A little bit of a hot take there. But I do think that the U.S. defensively has been underrated, and I do think that they'll win this game one to nothing, two to nothing, something like that. I don't think it's going to get ugly, but I do think they'll win the game, probably not giving up a goal. Yeah, this is and this is a U.S. US team that beat Jamaica two nothing uh, earlier. So I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm tempted just because of just because of the spot, just because it's on the road and a letdown game after Mexico. Weston um, McKinney, by the way, it's not McKenzie. My bad. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't hate plus three ninety, but yeah, Jamaica's just not good. I got to think the talent ultimately wins out there. Maybe it, maybe a draw. I don't. I don't. You can argue with a draw. I still think the U.S. is going to win. But the question is, if you think it's going to be a draw, do you think Jamaica is going to score? If they're going to score, it'll probably be one goal max. Uh, any lean on Canada versus Mexico? Um, I look at the I look at the under poutine versus donkey shows. Oh, uh, she means the soccer game. I'm sorry. Canada has been a pretty low scoring team. Yep. They've, they've uh, drawn a decent amount. So if you want to take maybe a shot of plus money, I don't mind a one, one draw, something like that. I do think you'll, the Canada is going to maybe park the bus if they score one, just to t- try to get a point for Mexico. But I don't mind the draw angle there. If you think that Canada keeps it close, they've been underrated. They're not a high scoring team, maybe under 
Mexico should be pretty annoyed after losing to the U.S., though. So I am kind of worried about how that might look. But I'm kind of expecting a low-scoring game because Canada really tries to play in low-scoring games. Yeah, and Canada is a team that hasn't scored more than a single goal any time they've played a team with a pulse, including they had a 1-1 draw to Mexico last time out. So I said 1-1. If you want to go draw or under, I think there are ways to go about it. But if you're going to take an over, you need Mexico to score at least two to three goals. Yep. What is what is the Asian handicap on Canada? I would look at Canada plus 125. I do not know. Do you know? Um, truth is, I don't have that in front of me. Yep, that either. is tempting, though. I do think that game might be a little bit close. Okay. Um, anything else? On the, any, uh, oh, somebody wanted to talk about the... Uh, well, we got two other NBA games. Yeah, yeah. Talk about the the Nets and the, the Nets and the Warriors, which should be a pretty good game there. It should be. Of course, uh, as a I'll Nets you, fan, I'm rooting for the go. Nets. Yep. The Nets have played well lately. Offensively, Durant's one of the favorites to an MVP. The current favorite to an MVP is Steph Curry because they've both been really, really good this season. But Harden's looked like his old self again. He's been solid. But with that being said, my bold call of the night, I'm taking the under in the Warriors and Nets game. The Warriors defensively have been magnificent. There's only no other way to put it. Defensively, they have been unbelievable. And there's really no other way to put it. And the Nets offensively have been good, but they have been a little bit slow at times, especially in the fourth quarter of games. We saw that against the Pelicans on Friday night. This team just goes into autopilot and ISO only basketball in the fourth quarter. You might be looking at a very good live opportunity to bet an under, but I do think this total seems a little bit high. I think this game's going to be a, a little bit more low scoring because of just the intensity that you're going to expect in the second half between these teams on the defensive end. I'm going with the under. It's a Nets you? team that's been playing good defense lately. They've given up yeah. just 100, 101 and a half points over their last half dozen games. Um, Golden State is uh, they've they've had a little bit of an issue uh, here lately. But they had been playing very good defense, and of course, uh, they dropped the game. They dropped that game at Charlotte, the first game of the road trip. But before that, they'd won and covered seven straight. So, uh, to me, I don't want any part of the side. Uh, Knicks been playing. Nets have been playing very good basketball. They won, uh, as you know, Scott seven seven of their. Uh, or excuse me, uh, they've won eight of their last nine. I think you can go for a player performance double. Where, for example, if you want the Warriors to win parlay it with curry to score 30 plus because mm-hmm. unless curry goes for 30 plus they're probably going to lose right yep so i think you can try to find extra value there if you're expect if you want to take the nets but you're afraid of curry going nuts there are ways to bet on curry to go nuts and the warriors to win if you want to try to add a little bit of extra value on that ben campbell talking about the manning jinx as draymond was on the manning show last night scott I thought Mickelson and Al Michaels were tremendous last night. Uh, Mickelson came with his own questions. He was like, great. Mickelson was fantastic. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, he got him to talk about Omaha and everything. I thought that was. Uh, yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty entertaining. Roasting him on his golf swing. Mm. All right, buddy. It's time, man. Let's uh, let's get to it. And we didn't. Uh, you know. You know. I guess Matt Stafford threw enough interceptions yesterday for everybody. There just weren't. By the way, I, I have no thoughts on the uh, Jazz 76er game. So None no at all? On that one. Okay. No, not at all. All right. Uh, Mexico's actually getting a, a point uh, a quarter on the Asian handicap, minus 135. I don't hate that. I think, it'll be, I think a draw has some value to it. Yep, agreed. All right, my friend. Well, let's uh, let's do it to it. 
Let's find out. We've put our heads together. We've, uh, we're, we're looking for redemption. We had to sell off a little bit of our farm yesterday, but we're looking, we're looking to put on some more, uh, some more land so we can get ready for the harvest next year. Scott, it's time once again to put on our straw hats, climb aboard that John Deere, fire that baby up, and get ready to bet the farm. I revealed too early. It's fine. All right. So we're taking a look in the college. It is me, right? Yeah. That was okay. That was uh, your pick yesterday. Um, we just we trade off. By the way, who reads them? We we do we do them together, but we always trade off who reads them based on who's winning. So as long as you're winning, you're doing it. We alter it's we alternate uh, losers walk situations. Right. So, That's you know. basically it. So. We are taking a look at the Oregon Ducks minus three and a half. It's it's four in most spots, but it is minus one eighteen on FanDuel, and we like laying the uh, we like catching that extra half point. That is sometimes a very very valuable half point. Oregon ranked number twelve in the country. BYU currently unranked, and Oregon. Everybody on the team gets into the action. Scott, very egalitarian offense. They have five players that average at least 10 points per game. BYU has one player averaging 10 points per game, and he's the only one that can shoot from three. This team just does not shoot the ball well from deep at all. Oregon ranks 12th in offensive efficiency. BYU 34th in offensive efficiency. And finally, they're not playing it in the land of the trees, one of the ugliest ugliest courts to look at it's bar none they're not playing there but they are playing in oregon they're playing in portland playing in the moda center that's the trailblazers home arena of course so there should still be a big home field advantage as the game stays relatively close to home so for all for all of those reasons that is why we have made the oregon ducks at minus three and a half our bet the farm play for today I'm just not sure how BYU is supposed to keep the game close when they have only one reliable score on the entire team up to this point. Nope, I don't see it. This Oregon is... has five guys, not to mention you have Quincy uh, Garrier, who they got from, I probably butchered the pronunciation, from Syracuse, who's a solid big man as well. So B BYU should be overmatched. We know with Dana Altman, they play great defense. They just have more scoring depth. Yep, and uh, uh, we've, we've got some... We've got some uh... Some some agreement with us. Um, Bill McDonald's at the Ducks all day. Uh, slagging the wall. Is that it? Can you read uh, that? Close enough. Okay. All right. Says a uh, double-digit win tonight for the Ducks. I like the sound of both of those. So, guys, hey, thanks for stopping by today. Thanks for joining us, of course. Tell your friends. Share, it, uh, sh share our link widely on social media if you would be so kind. And, uh, yeah, good luck tonight. Good luck on all your plays. For me, for Scott, for the whole gang over here, we appreciate you guys stopping by and being part of the show today. We'll do it all again tomorrow on Heading Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. Take care, everybody.